Todd Bowl. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin. This is Buccaneers Total Access. Godwin scores the first of 2021. What a drive by Tom Brady of the Buccaneers. Brought to you by Frontier Communications. Do what cable can't with Frontier Fiber Optic Internet. Visit Frontier.com to learn more. And by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Fire the cannons! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome to Buccaneers Total Access. We are going to be having both Ryan Suckup and Bradley Pinion on the show, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. We start with Ryan. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so first of all, I would love to hear what it was like for you to have to watch Bradley go kick a field goal. I mean, I know that this is something you guys have joked about a lot that he says he can do. So, so what was that like knowing he was getting sent out there? It was, I was pulling for him. It was yeah. exciting. Uh, and he, man, he hit a great ball. He almost made that thing from 60. So, uh, now I was really proud of him. Bradley's super talented, uh, works hard. You know, he's probably one of the few people that really could do all three. He could be a punter, place kicker, and kickoff guy. Um, you know, obviously you, you can't really do that full time in the NFL, just, would never work, but he's talented enough to do that. And, um, you know, he's probably has the biggest leg in the NFL and um, it's cool seeing him give that chance to do that. I love that. And I love that you guys support each other. It's not the, not the competition, just everybody in, the, in it for the team. Oh yeah. Team. It was, it was a, it was a cool moment. We were, I, he could make that too. So we'll, we'll see if it comes up again. Yeah. We're, we're rooting for that. And, uh, and how about the, the, the rest of the game for you? Uh, not, not a lot of need for, for field goals other than that, but a whole lot of extra points, which I'm sure is kind of the, the dream game in some ways for the offense, but maybe not for you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's um, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's been a good thing because I've really never been on a team. You know, last year we got to that point here, but, but you know, before I was in Tampa, I've never been on a team where it's like every time we have the ball, it feels like I'm probably going to kick an extra point or a field goal. Um, and that's a good thing. Yeah. So uh, that's a uh, credit to our team and, uh, you know, just shows what, what kind of team we have here and, and, and what the guys are doing. We've talked to some of the guys about how this year is the first time this whole group together has had to go on road trips and deal with road noise mm-hmm. um, that, I wonder, you know, we talk about how, oh, for the offense, they need it to be quiet and that can be tough defense. Maybe it fires them up. How does that work for you? Is, is, is road versus home, what are the pros and cons of that for you after being gone for a couple of weeks back at home, whether it's the crowd, whether it's the stadium itself and your familiarity with it, how does home versus away affect you? Yeah, it's, um, you know, like last week when we were in New England, um, man, I swear I'd never heard it so loud on a couple of those field goals we had, especially some of the ones we had late in the fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, that place was rocking. And uh, you really, you know, it, it's something that you, you know, you, you like to be in those situations, but you also have to, you know, really take a deep breath and try to control yourself because it, it does get so loud that you can help you want to get amped up and, you know, you got to try to stay as really level as possible. So, um, you know, that was kind of a neat experience to get to, to hit a couple of those last week. And, um, you know, obviously playing at home in front of our fans, it's not as loud when we're kicking, which is nice, but then we get to hopefully hear the, uh, the celebration when it goes through. Do you have places that are your favorite or least favorite to kick in? Yeah, there's... Um, yeah, you do. You kind of have certain places that either fit your eye a little bit better or, you know, you like the turf at some places compared to the turf at other places. So there's always little things like that. And, um, you know, you, you kind of take it as it comes and um, just try to do your best wherever you're playing. But I do enjoy that you're not going to tell me which of those places uh, I'm not are. Which. My, yeah. I can't, can't get my signature. <laughs> I had a feeling. Yeah. I had a feeling. Um, so I also want to know, what is it like to scout other teams or watch film as a specialist compared to the rest of the team that we know they're watching a guy they're going against Mm -hmm. and trying to pick out things so do you ever have anything you're watching of another team or is it you're just watching film of you and trying to learn stuff from your actual 
games? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, you know, most of the time when I'm watching film, I'm, I'm watching myself. I feel like most of the time I'm competing with myself, really, uh, trying to improve, trying to get better each and every week. And, um, you know, there are certain teams. We, I certainly watch the field goal block team. We should see what they're doing, uh, you know, make sure that we're, we're prepared for whatever, you know, fronts that they may have. And um, so, yeah, I do watch the other team. And um, But for the most part, I'm focusing on, on trying to control the things that I can control. And then how are practices for you in that same sense of how much are you involved in a practice? What are the, the typical things that you guys do on a day-to-day -day week? Yeah, um, you know, obviously it's important to practice well if you want to play well. I've always been a big believer in that. And so I take practice very seriously and, um, you know, try to just work on little things here or there, improve technique, um, try to find ways to be more efficient. And, um, and just, you know, you, you get comfortable, you gain confidence kicking in practice. And I think that allows you to go out and, and be confident in the games. We're talking to kicker Ryan Suckup, and uh, I know at one point, you know, Zach Triner, long snapper, gets hurt. Um, a lot of people, it seems like, didn't even know he was hurt in the moment that he toughed it out the rest of that game, but then had to go on IR, and you guys have to bring in Carson Tinker, a whole different long snapper. Uh, what are the ways that that whole situation affected you? When did, when did you know about the injury, and then when he gets put on IR and you're bringing a new guy in, how, how does that work for you in the way you try to get him ready to go? Yeah, well, you know, first of all, you know, I don't think people realize what Zach played through in that game. So, uh, man, we have so much respect for Zach and what he was able to fight through. I think he got that injury in the second quarter, and he finished the game. Um, you know, he ended up snapping the game-winning snap in that game to beat the Cowboys. And so uh, that just kind of speaks to the type of man that he is and his character and his toughness and uh, the way that he loves his team. So ton of respect for Zach. Uh, the way that he handled that situation and then you know as far as Carson being here um, obviously that's not an easy situation when you know Zach Bradley and I have worked together for over a year now and um, that's something that when you build that chemistry is something that's really helpful um, and so then well, all of a sudden when you have a week uh, you know or not even to get ready to go play a game that's not easy um, and so Carson's done a really good job coming in. He's worked hard. You know, we've really uh, gained a lot of confidence working together. And, and I think we'll continue to gain more confidence, you know, as time goes on. But, um, you know, credit to Carson because he's come into a tough situation. He's done a great job. And, um, you know, we're, we're doing our best to, to keep things rolling. And we do hear about the chemistry when it comes to offensive linemen playing together, wide receivers and quarterbacks. What are the little things chemistry-wise that I, that I think fans might not know between long snapper, holder, kicker, punter, that whole dynamic and all the ways you guys can each influence each other's jobs? Yeah, I think, you know, the more you're around somebody, the more you kind of just develop that timing, that trust, um, you know, little different little nuances that we, that we all have. And you also kind of figure out, you know, where guys um, – you just you just kind of gain how how they handle you know how they are in certain situations and that goes for all three of us you know Carson's probably learning me I'm learning Carson you know Bradley you know we're all learning each other and so um, that's something that I think we you know we've been able to do a good job of so far and hopefully we'll keep that going. What is uh, the mental role you each play for each other because I do think you know especially for you and Bradley it can be such a lonely job in that sense that it is you like mm -hmm. by yourself out there and that you then have all this time to think about it afterward before you're called upon to do something again whereas everybody else they miss a play they go right back out there yeah. um so a how do you deal with that individually what's kind of your process and then how do you feel like the other guys what's their role in trying to help you are they leaving you alone are they trying <laughs> to say good things H how does the mental side work for you guys yeah great question uh, you know we are kind of in a unique position where we're kind of on an island right like if 
if we have a good play, people know it. If we have a bad play, people know it. And, Sometimes um, more than yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And, that, and you know, that's part of that's part of how it goes being being a specialist. But um, I think for me, the, one of the things I've always said that has really helped me deal with that is my faith. You know, I I, I go back to that because um, it really takes a ton of pressure off. I know that if uh, you know through prayer and through um, you know, just knowing that, hey, I love the game of football, but it's not the most important thing in my life, it takes pressure off of me, and it allows me to go out and perform better. Uh, and I think, you know, Bradley and Carson would probably say the same. And, you know, we're there for each other. We support each other, and, uh, you know, we're kind of a, a tight-knit group, and it's something where we can encourage each other and, and, and just push each other both on the field and off the field. So it's pretty cool. So let's say that Bradley has a punt he doesn't love or a kickoff he doesn't love. What? How are you handling that with him? What's what's kind of your role there? Yeah, I mean, not much. I'll I'll just you know if I see him, hey man, you got the next one, what you know, whatever, and he would probably do the same for me. But uh, you know, Bradley doesn't need a pep talk. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a he's a true pro, and uh, you know, sometimes sometimes you know, saying nothing is better than trying to you know you don't want to go up there and say something after every kick, you know, good or bad. But <laughs> turn um, into his therapist. Yeah, out there, yeah, I mean, yeah. So we we don't we don't really get into that. But um, no, it's I think we both kind of know how to how to encourage one another. And uh, I think that's something that's been, been a good relationship for us. How do you feel like you have grown in the mental side of things since the start of your career? Or I guess maybe the question should even be, have you, do you think you've grown more mentally or physically in terms of your ability as a kicker? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, so much of what we do uh, is, is being able to, to go out and do it under pressure. Um, and so, I think that as time goes on, I think the more that you can put yourself in those situations, in those stressful situations, um, I think that you you learn how your body reacts. You know, you kind of learn what you want to do, um, your natural tendencies, and then you can kind of work at those. And so I think for me, as time's gone on, I feel like I've handled those better the, the longer that my career's gone on. Uh, you know, certainly hasn't been perfect, but something that, uh, you know, we work towards every week and hopefully it'll continue to keep getting better. Do you ever get nervous before kicks or is it you've now done this so many times it's just routine? Yeah, I think you always have a little bit of nerve. Um, and I remember I've talked to some, some great kickers, some of the all-time best kickers. I won't mention names. Um, Hall of Fame, guys that will be in the Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, I remember asking the same thing guy, after a guy that had played like He was in his, like, 18th year at this point. I was like, dude, do you still get nervous? And he was like, yeah. He's like, man, I still get, you know, the first kick or two. It, you know, you always get a little bit of nerve. And I think that's, in a way, I think that's a little bit of a good thing because it shows that you care. Um, and it shows that uh, you have um, – you know, I think a little bit of nerve is, is good because it helps you to sharpen your focus and your concentration. Um, now, you don't want it to be like overwhelming to where it's like crippling anxiety. I don't, you know, fortunately, I, I don't really experience that. But yeah, I always have a little bit of nerve going into a game. And um, it's usually something that, that you get a kick or two under your belt and then you that kind of goes away a little bit as the game goes on. Tell us a little bit about your journey of how you even got into kicking. That how did how did this start? I feel like a lot of people, it's maybe soccer, mm -hmm. you know, that it's not necessarily typically a football start in that sense so mm -hmm. for, for you what was your journey of, of becoming a kicker and then getting to the point where you're the bucks kicker yeah um so for me it's kind of funny i i really played every sport except football growing up so <laughs> i love playing sports i played basketball baseball uh, soccer and golf and those were really my four and um i got to high school and you know i went to high school in north carolina and football and soccer were both in the fall and um i remember my soccer coach kept telling me, he's like, Ryan, you got to go see if you can kick a football. Like, I've, you know, you have a really strong leg. It, you ought to kick a football. It might open up some some paths for you. And I kept telling I said, nah, I don't want to be the kicker. I'd coach, I'm playing. I got soccer now. I'm playing basketball in the, in the winter. And I got uh, baseball and golf in the spring. I was like, four is enough for me. Yeah, that's plenty. And uh, so anyway, he was like, well, I really think you ought to think about it. And I kept telling him, no. Well, finally, the week of the first game, my freshman year, he says, you're going to football practice today. 
So he sent me down to football practice, and I went and kicked, and they were like, hey, you're, uh, you're kicking for us on Friday. This was on like a Tuesday. So I go to my first game on Friday. and uh, That's like Richard Sherman level, just throwing yeah, you in yeah, there. Yeah, I was thrown in. I was thrown in. And uh, so I go to my first game. I'll never forget, we were playing East Burke, about 30 minutes away from the little town I grew up in. And uh, we get there, and I am I have, like, I see all the pads in my locker. You know, like, this is when you wore, like, the hip pads with the thigh pads and the girdle and, the you know, all the stuff, the knee pads and all the stuff. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, where's all this stuff go? So I'm, like, asking my buddy, I'm like, hey, how do you put all this stuff on? So he's helping me get dressed. And uh we figured it out, ended up having a lot of fun with it. And, um, you know, as they say, I guess the rest is history. It certainly wasn't my plan, but uh, the Lord had plans for me to, to get into football, and um, it's kind of how it's worked out. So it's kind of fun looking back on that, just seeing how n- none of my doing or intention, and he put me in that situation, and it's been a blessing. That is amazing. Yeah, I think you owe that coach a bit of a thank you. Yeah, I do. I do. I still uh, still stay in touch with him from, from time to time, so uh, it's pretty neat. That's awesome. All right, well, we have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with kicker Ryan Suckup, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. We are back here on Buccaneers Total Access with kicker Ryan Suckup, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. Um, so we heard a little bit before the break about your journey to kicking. Uh, how about your journey to the Bucks and, and your NFL career, you know, from college to NFL and, and how you got to this point? Yeah, I went to South Carolina, um, had a great four years there. Um, you know, I had always wanted to play in the NFL. Didn't know if that would be a possibility or not. You know, it's kind of far-fetched when you're a little college kid and, you know, you see guys playing on Sundays. You always dream about it, but you don't really know if, if you'll have that opportunity. Um, and for me, you know, I'd, I actually dealt with a pretty bad injury my senior year of college. So I didn't have a great year, and I had to have surgery after the season. I got it fixed, and I, I got healthy just in time for pro day. And I had a good pro day. And um, anyways, ended up. Uh, as probably a lot of people know, being the very last pick. Uh, so I was the very last pick in the draft. Just <laughs> snuck in there. Yeah, Mr. Irrelevant. And um, it's kind of funny looking back on that, but it was, it's was it been a blessing. You know, I went to Kansas City, had a great five years there, um, and then spent the next six in Nashville with the Titans. And uh, it was awesome. We, you know, I, I, we've been really blessed. My family and I have been really blessed to be in great cities. You know, we loved Kansas City. Uh, we loved Nashville. And then uh, certainly we love it here in Tampa. So um, it's been really cool, the, the places that we've been able to go. And, um, yeah, here we are. You know, you, you blink and you're in your 13th year in the NFL. And uh, it's, it's crazy how fast it goes. Yeah, that's incredible. And, and having your family, um, how much do your kids understand about what you do, <laughs> the Super Bowl, all, all of that. What, what, what's kind of the understanding here? <laughs> well, so my oldest, my oldest son just turned six, and he is all about football right now. So he's playing flag football. He's playing soccer. I mean, he just loves sports. He's all boy, and it's so fun for me because you know I'll get home or pick him up from school. This is you know they we obviously we we live back in Nashville, but in the spring I'll pick him up from school, and it's like he gets home at two thirty, and all we do is play football or soccer or bat, whatever it is. Like we're playing sports all day, so. It's really fun, but he's big time into it. I mean, he's got his jerseys. Um, he can, I'm telling you, he can name every starter on the team. He knows their number. He knows their name. Like wow. I, I mean, it's unbelievable. I don't and know if every guy on this team could do that. <laughs> I, I, he honestly might know guys' names and numbers better than I do, as That's sad great. as that is to admit, but That's he really great. does. And uh, he watches every game. You know, sometimes the night games, he's uh, he gets real upset with Mama because she makes him go to bed about Ooh. halftime. So he's got school the next day. Rough. I know. I know. Being a kid's tough, isn't it? But, and uh, didn't did I see that he actually went to bed before your your game winner too in in New England? So yeah. He had to miss that. <laughs> yeah. 
he missed both. Of them. He missed the the game winner in Dallas. He had to go to bed, and then the, the game winner in Atlanta. Oh, he had to go to bed. No. Um, yeah, so he he missed both of us, but he wakes up in the morning and he's like he knows how to t- cut the TV on, and Mama's got it recorded, so he goes down and watches it. And so, uh, you know, all is well. He's he as long as he gets to see it. But that's adorable. It is cool because he he really yeah, we, enjoys. We need it. more of these one o'clock games for your poor kid. You know? I know, I know it. It was great. He got to see. You know, I tell you so. On Saturday, he had two flag football games and a soccer game, and uh, he he was telling me all about it. He goes, Dad, I scored this many touchdowns and I scored this many goals in my soccer game. And he's telling me all about it. He goes, and we won all three of our games. Now all we need is the Bucks to beat the Dolphins and it'll be the best weekend ever. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> so, amazing. So I'm like, sure you told everybody like, guys, yeah, yeah, we gotta, there's we a lot win, riding on we this. Gotta win this so. We have the best weekend ever riding yeah, on so this. Anyway, but now uh, he has said that like seven times. So I think we've had like seven best weekend ever, <laughs> but it's it's all good. So As long as we keep winning, we're yeah, okay with just yeah. more better, better weekends. That's great. Yep. So I love how your six-year-old has this great grasp of, of what's going on. Tell tell the fans the things that you think are most misunderstood about your job, the things that people don't get about what it's like to be a kicker, the things that maybe you and Bradley both have to focus on or do, the little techniques, the you know the game plan, whatever it is, that we wouldn't understand watching TV. Oh, that's a good question. Um, who? You know, I would say, I think probably for me, like, one of the things is like what goes into a game, like to get your body ready to, you know, to be ready to kick each and every play or each and every time we have the ball. Um, you know, unlike other positions, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, you do, you have seven or eight kicks a game and that's it. Well, it's like, well, really a lot goes into that to having to be in prepared, to stay in warm, you know, hitting balls in the net. Um, I'm worn out after game day. Uh, like, I'm worn out. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people probably wouldn't realize that because you're always trying to move around, keep your body warm and, uh, you know, be ready when your number's called. We're talking to kicker Ryan Suckup. I've actually always wondered if the team ever gives you guys grief for that, if they're out there running around and, you know, like running for a couple hours at practices and you guys are kind of hanging out on the side, like kicking some balls. Like, do, you, do you ever hear about that from the guys? Uh, you hear about it, like they all say the same thing. They're always like during the week in practice, they're like, oh, you guys have the best job. But then they're always like, but we don't want your job on Sunday. Yeah. I do not want to do what you have to do on Sunday. So I'm like, yep, best job in the world, except on Sunday. Except right? on Sunday. So, it's the exact yeah. opposite for everybody right. else. So you'll take that. Yep. That's pretty funny. Okay, so what would be your favorite and least favorite part of your job? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think my the favorite my favorite part of the job is, um, you know, it's it, playing in the NFL is a challenge. Like, it's difficult um, keeping your body ready, um, keep, you know, staying ready, the, the grind of the season. Um, but it, there, that, there's some reward in that. And, um, you know, when, when you get through that, there's a lot of reward there. And, you know, to, to second that, I would say that, or really not to second it, but probably the, to start off, I would say just the relationships you build. Like, I've been able to play with so many great guys, and, like, some of, well, a lot of my best friends are guys that I've played with, whether it's on this team or guys uh, on, on other teams. And so I think the relationships that you build – is really special. Like the locker room is a really cool place. And I don't know that you get that in a lot of other jobs. Maybe you do, but um, I just, I think the, the locker room is really, really cool. Um, and as far as least favorite, I think um, I would say right now that the, the hard part for me is just, you know, my family's back in Nashville, you know, my kids are in school back there. And so uh, the time away from family, that makes it tough, but um, you know, that's part of it. We do our best to, to get back and forth and, and see each other as much as we can. But um, you know, that's, that's just part of it. And speaking of the locker room and the camaraderie, um, I was thrilled to learn that you are just like this prankster, jokester in the locker room. I feel like you don't give off this vibe. 
in, in general. So when I found that out, I was very intrigued by this. What are some of your most proud of pranks or jokes that you've ever done in the locker room? Yeah, I've, I've had some good ones. Um, <laughs> I'd say I, I'll, probably, I'll try to give you like the 30-second the, the version. When I was in Kansas City, I would, long story short, I like to I enjoy the outdoors. I like to hunt and, and fish. And um, I, there, in Kansas City, the practice facility kind of backs up to some woods. And there was one morning I was going in, and I saw a really nice deer, like a big eight-point buck. <laughs> I'm so, very worried about where this is going. Yeah, so <laughs> anyway, so we, uh, to make a long story short, Dustin Colquitt and I, the punter, we went down to Bass Pro Shop. We got a trail cam, and we got some corn, and we put it out in this field. And we started seeing all these deer come in, and we would put the pictures up of the deer in the locker room. So all the guys kind of took an interest in it. Well, we'd see deer, we'd see turkey. Occasionally, you'd see a coyote, something like that. You know, the neighbor's house cat, whatever. And uh, a buddy of mine, I'll never forget, we were getting to play New England on Monday night, and I was eating pregame meal. And a buddy, there's a picture going around the internet of a mountain lion that had a deer by the throat. And I, one of my buddies was like, "Hey, one of the guys on the team, his name was Brandon Albert. I think he was our left tackle." And he was like, hey, Suckup, have you seen any more, uh, anything else on your trail cam? Because they always like seeing what was on it. And it was like that light bulb moment. I was like, man, you're not going to believe this. Oh, no. And I show him the picture of the mountain lion with the deer by the throat. And uh, his eyes get about this big. And he's like, you saw that at our, and I'm like, yeah, it's like, isn't it crazy? And I know what he's thinking. So I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. Like, they don't, these things are only on the prowl, like, at sunrise or sunset. And I know that he gets it work, like, when sunrise, the sunset, yeah. sunset, you know. <laughs> so anyway, this spreads like a fire, wildfire through the locker room. You know, I had 15 guys after that game come up to me that were worried about this mountain lion. <laughs> and uh, believe it or not, the head coach played along with it, Todd Haley, because he knew it was a joke. The media asked him about it. Oh, my gosh. And, th and they basically said, what are you doing to contend with this mountain lion? And Stop. He basically said, hey, look, I've told the guys coming or leaving the facility, the buddy system's in effect. Oh my I mean, he played it up. Gosh. You can actually still Google this and like read stories about this. So the Department of Wildlife ended up calling because they were worried about it. Oh my and, uh, gosh. Yeah, we, they don't want a mountain lion yeah. eating a football player. Yeah. That's not good press. Yeah, well, I think some of the people that lived in the area caught wind of it and were concerned. And so I was, I thought I was going to get in trouble. And it anyway, we had to come out and let everybody know it was just a little locker room prank. But it was funny while it lasted. That is incredible. Yep. That was not where I thought that was going. Yeah. <laughs> and I really enjoyed where that ended up. That yep. was amazing. Have you gotten anybody here yet with um, anything? Let's see. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, nothing that like, probably nothing as good as that. But we have fun on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis. Yeah, so. that's incredible. Yeah. Um, so how about this short week schedule? How does that involve you? I mean, you talked about how much more physical the job is than a lot of people realize and what you need to do to get ready. So how does it affect you when not only is it a short week, but traveling on a short week and how that changes things? Yeah, it'll be, uh, you know, you're trying to rest, recover. I think Coach said it the best, you know, hydration's all, all those things are really important this week. And, um, you know, we get we got we to gotta go up and get a big win this week. So we're going to do everything we can to get our bodies ready and, and ready to rock and roll. Do you have uh, other kickers that you study I feel like you know, I'll hear that from a lot of other position groups of oh I grew up watching this guy mm -hmm. but you didn't really play football when you were younger so did you have guys back then that you watched and admired or has it been a thing now in the league that you've developed you know I, I haven't I don't watch a ton of guys like technique wise but like when I was a kid growing up I always looked up to uh you know I grew up in North Carolina and John Casey kicked for the Panthers for forever and so I always just kind of admired him I thought he did a great job and then you know I kind of Probably more so than that, I, I really respected who he was as a man and who he was off the field. And so I always really looked up to John Casey, just how he handled himself. And, um, you know, I kind of learned a lot just watching him, how he did things. But as far as technique-wise go, you know, you can watch all 32 kickers in the league, and I think they all look a little bit different. Um, I don't know that there's like a right or a wrong way to kick a football. You can look at certain things that they do, maybe pick certain things. But, like, at the end of the day, our bodies are all different. Uh, we move differently. 
And so it, it just looks different. And um, I think for me, I try to really focus on learning my swing, learning what works for me, um, and try to improve each and every week, each and every year. Didn't I hear at one point you were saying to Scotty Miller that you thought you could beat him in a 40-yard dash? <laughs> yeah. uh, that would, uh, I, I must have been, uh, yeah, we must have been joking about something. I'm, yeah, Scotty, uh, that would that'd be an ugly sight. I think you, you could give me like a 20-yard head start. I'm not sure I could beat Scotty. <laughs> that was the first thing that came to my mind when you said, yeah, you know, all our bodies are different. We all do things differently. That was yeah. the first thing that popped into my mind. Do, yeah. So if you could play another position, what would you want it to be? Either just what you'd want to do or what you think you would actually have had a shot at being outside of kicker, either way. Well, I, well, I don't, the second part of that, I don't think I'd had a shot at much else, okay, so <laughs> I think this is, uh, this was it. I think this was it. I, I don't, you put me anywhere else, I'd be in big trouble, but um, as far as what I would want to do, what would be fun, I think, um, I think everybody would want to be a quarterback, right? Like, that'd be a lot of fun to do that, so um, I guess I'd have to say quarterback. I like that. All right, well, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a blast, and good luck against the Eagles. All right, thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me on. All right, we're going to have more on Buccaneers Total Access next up with Bradley Pinion, brought to you by Frontier Communications. Buccaneers Total Access continues, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. We are now joined by punter Bradley Pinion. Bradley, thanks for being with us. Of course. Thanks for having me. Excited. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I, you know, I've talked to Ryan about this, but I love hearing your idea. If you would have ever thought there'd be a game not involving Ryan getting hurt where you kicked as many field goals as he did, I imagine that would have been kind <laughs> of a, an unexpected stat there. Very much unexpected stat. If I had said there would have been a game where I'd have the same number of field goals as punts, that's also very unexpected. Yeah. Having one punt and one field goal, yeah. and then eight kickoffs. I mean, <laughs> you don't ever, you don't ever hear about that in a game. So yeah. it, it was fun. I thought I made it, man. Oh, I thought I had. I it. think everybody did. I thought it I had it. So it was like two inches short. Oh, I thought I had it. That man, that would have been amazing. So, have. so take us through how that decision got made, um, why you were the one that took it, just that that whole process. Yes, you know Ryan's an old man. Um, <laughs> And, uh, See, now I understand why we did you guys separate, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he, um, he's, he's been great his whole career, um, but as you get older, your length goes shorter. Um, so we've had the plan for a long time. Um, it almost came up last year, actually, in the NFC Championship game um, when we threw the, the touchdown right before the half to Scotty. Um, B.A. contemplated putting me out there, and I was like, oh, that would have been good. First one, NFC Championship game, why not? Yeah, you know? why not? Um, but we've, we've been practicing for like a year and a half now doing it. Um, and it's just got to be the right situation. You're not just going to hit a 60-yard field goal. It's either got to be like to win the game or at the end of the game or at the end of the half. And it came up in the perfect situation. And, um, I, man, I thought I had it. I really did. No, but it was, um, it was something that, I mean, I kicked field goals in high school. Actually had more offers to kick field goals in college than I did punting. Um, but just knew my route was punting. And uh, so I've always been able to do it. Um, Blaine's a great holder. Tinker snapped a perfect ball. So it was... Everything was set up perfectly. I just, just missed it by a few inches. Oh, man. And I know this is something you and Ryan have joked about for a while, that you, you always tell him you could do his job. And this, this, was, this was the chance to this prove was the it. This was the chance to prove it. I had it. It was right there in my hands. And, uh, I mean, I hit, it, I hit it pretty good. I really did. I actually watching film. I fist pumped like it went in. And I was oh. like, oh, no, it oh, didn't go in. The so, premature the celebration. The premature celebration. <laughs> uh, but, no, it was good. I uh, hopefully get a shot at another one and hopefully get to make it. Yeah, and it, it, your point about the only having one punt, for most punters, that would have meant a very easy 
boring day, but yeah. because you also do kickoffs and our offense decided to explode. Yeah, just score a ton. Yeah, still a very busy day for you. What is it like for you to get a chance to watch an offensive game like that as part of this team and, and to know that, I mean, how, kicking off that often, yeah. what, what is that like for you? Well, it's, it's me and Ryan kind of talk about it all the time. It's with this offense, you just kind of like have to be ready at all times. Because, like, when you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, A.B., and all the playmakers we have and Tom Brady throwing to them all, you can be backed up, and next thing you know, it's a touchdown. So it's like, as soon as we get the ball, we're ready to roll. Um, and we talk about that all the time. Like, it's not like that everywhere. A lot yeah. of times, like, you get the ball backed up, and the field goal kicker and kind of relax until it gets to midfield. But not not here. you got to be ready, and you got to be on it. And um, it's it's fun to play for these guys. It's fun to play for this organization. It's fun in general. I love that. We're talking to punter Bradley Pinion. And I think this is also something where you're a little different than people who are just punting because when the team is doing incredibly well offensively, you still have a lot to do. Yes. But a lot of punters, it's almost like for you to have a good game and a good career, the team needs to not do well. So you're one of the, you're the only player on the team that it's like your job correlates the opposite of team success. Correct. And so what is what is that feeling like when you have been in positions of just where punting is happening of the selfish idea of how you would want a game to go versus the team way? Yeah, no. So a lot of times when punters have good games, team have team the team has a bad game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like it's it's hard because you you want to celebrate your good game, but then it's also like, man, usually if you're punting a lot, you, you probably didn't win. Um, so you're like you're kind of down at the same time, but you're also like, man, I had a good game. So it's it's really hard um, dynamic. But I will say, being in it like kicking off too, it helps a lot. So like games like yesterday, I'd have been bored, honestly. <laughs> like we put up so many points and we were rolling on offense, and I'd have been bored. But knowing that like, all right, every time, especially on that first drive, you like we scored. I think it was the first drive we scored. And it was like, all right, like here we go. We're we're rolling today. Let's yeah. let's do this thing. And um, I was like, all right, get that kickoff leg ready because they take a lot more out of you than punts. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's fun, man. I'd much rather have zero punts and 20 kickoffs. I would be completely happy with that. That's great. I love that. And I know that for this, we've now had five games, and you won special teams player of the week earlier mm-hmm. in the season. And so I wanted to hear from you. First five games, how do you feel like you've been playing so far? Doing pretty well. Uh, first two games had really good games. Uh, next two hit a little lull, and this past game had a good game. So it's that's the way the season goes. Though you got to fight through those lulls, you got to fight through the up and down. You're not gonna be perfect every single game. You're human. As much as I wish I could be perfect every single game, um, you're human. Um, you have some win factors, element factors that you got to deal with as a specialist. Um, but no, I think it's been a, a good a good year so far. Um, but we're only a quarter of the way through, so we got three more quarters to play, and uh, you gotta keep doing it. You gotta. I always say you got to have the mind of a goldfish because they have the shortest memory out of any animal. Um, so you Tell always, me that's a Ted Lasso reference. It is a Ted yes. Lasso reference. It yes. sure is. Um, it would have been crazy if it was just a coincidence that you said that and <laughs> no. never seen the show. It's one of, my fa- one of my favorite shows. It's you can't watch it and not be happy. It's so true. It's one of the best shows. Okay, who's Ted Lasso on this team? Ooh, probably Nacho. Just all, there's so much energy, always positive. I love that. Uh, probably Nacho. I love it because I think you're right that Nacho is the most positive, high energy, always talking guy. But I also look at Nacho and look at Ted Lasso and there could not be Completely two opposite. different <laughs> Completely units. opposite. I love that. That's great. Um, so I want to hear for you how the chemistry works with you and Ryan and Zach and or Carson, yeah. depending on who it is. 
Because, um, again, we hear about this with wide receiver quarterback. We hear about it with offensive line. What are the ways that you guys influence each other's jobs and that that chemistry can end up manifesting or a lack thereof can manifest? Yeah, no, it's, it's super important for specialists to have a really good camaraderie with each other because I mean, you're relying on the other person. If Zach or Carson doesn't give me a good snap, it's harder for me to do my job. Same thing with Ryan. If I don't give him a good hold, he can miss a field goal on nobody. And nobody in the stands really knows it's a bad hold, but he's, it gets all put on him. So you got to have that trust factor. I mean, you develop that over time. Um, and we've been really fortunate with Zach. I mean, our trust factor is massive. And then Carson just came in, and it was like it clicked automatically again. Um, so we're really fortunate. We have a great group of guys. Um, we're all Christian guys. We're all really just down to earth. We all get along. Um, we have fun, we crack jokes on each other, we, um, and there's no hard feelings. You hold each other to a standard, um, and we're not afraid to call someone out if they're not playing to that standard or not doing something to that standard. And I think that's what makes the specialist so unique, um, is that you do, it's just like you three out there on an island, because um, nobody else is going to touch the ball really on a, a special teams play besides one of us three. Um, and it's hopefully, it's, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. And it's a really cool position to be in. Um, and because you have to trust, trust each other so much, um, it makes you close. And, um, that's the, fun, the most fun part about it is you're close, not only on the field, but you hang out off the field because you have that trust factor and you can trust the person you have deep conversations. It's not just football. It's like a brotherhood and specialists fraternity in general is a brotherhood because you're all going through the same things. Yeah, I've always thought about that watching you guys at practice where, you know, everybody else is, uh, is practicing and it's just the three of you guys hanging out on, a, on another field all by yeah. your lonesome uh, that you better get along yes. or, I mean, you spend so much time together. I've always thought it's almost like this, this little marriage that, it is. that you guys. It really is. It's like a, you ultimately become like automatic best friends yeah. and uh, it's really, really cool. That is really cool. And you mentioned holding and how that affects Ryan. I, I personally feel like holding would be the part of your job that would scare me the most. It's actually my, honestly the favorite part of my job. Really? Yeah, so crazy story. My knock on me coming out of college into the NFL was that I didn't hold in college. So they think I didn't, they, teams thought I didn't have any experience holding. I held every day in practice in college, but I just didn't do it in the game. So hmm. we had like a third string wide receiver. It was actually Rex Ryan's son, Seth oh. Ryan, holding for us when I was at Clemson. And... Um, so that was my knock on me coming out. So I, when I got to San Fran, when I was in San Fran, um, Phil Dawson was the kicker, and he had somehow heard that that was a knock on me. So every day my rookie year, I called 100 jugs holding. And I would literally catch the ball, put it down, look at Phil. He would give me a yes or no if it was a good hold, and then I'd throw it back. Wow. I did that every day for my rookie year, 100 times a day. Wow. And it paid off. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoy holding. Um, it's one of those like unsung hero moments where like game winners, you help Tom Brady win his homecoming, you yeah. game winner to open the season. Um, and the holding goes unnoticed and that's the goal of holding. You want to go unnoticed. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a really rewarding job. Um, when, it, when all three of us like do our jobs perfectly and the ball goes through the uprights, it's very rewarding. Yeah, that is so interesting how you have the I would say probably one job on the team where you hope that you go unnoticed with basically everything Absolutely. because punting and kickoffs only tend to get noticed if you screw up. If you screw up. And holding yeah. only gets noticed if you screw up. Or you, or you get lucky and you put a ball out on the one-yard line the first point of the season. That, that helps. Yeah. You get noticed a little bit on that one. Yes, yeah. that is a good point. That is very true. Um, yeah, you mentioned that field goal in New England and when it's raining. How challenging does that become for you with holding, punting, everything when it's a rainy game like that? Yeah, weather's a huge aspect 
aspect for specialists. Um, we start watching the weather report like a week before the game ever comes, and you know, it changes 15 times. You guys times. are those old Florida oh, men yeah. sitting there watching it 24-7. Yeah, and in, if you know anything about Florida weather, it can rain, not be calling for rain and rain out of nowhere, um, or wind or anything along those lines. And it's uh, a huge part of our game. It's like, it's like a golfer. they got to know what the ball is going to do in that wind. It's the same thing for us. We're trying to put a ball to a certain spot. Um, and you got to know how the wind's going to affect that. And uh, it, it adds a little bit of a challenge to the game when you play places like Tampa or like Chicago, San Fran, some of these windy, windier cities. Um, it's a huge aspect of the game. And that's why we watch it for the whole week because we try to, in practice, simulate what that wind's going to be like in the game so you go into the game and you're not thrown off. Um, it's, the only other person I think watches the weather as much as we do is Tom. <laughs> yeah. And then most game days he comes to me and Ryan's like, hey, what's the weather looking like today? And we'll explain him what the weather's looking like. But um, it's fun. I mean, you, don't, you hate win games, but then when you come out on the other side of a win game, you're like, whew, all right, that, that was a challenge. But then you know it's a, it was a fun challenge because mm -hmm. that's just the game we play. What are all of the factors, we're talking to punter Bradley Finian, um, that will occur for you guys at a stadium? What are all the things that you do, go look at, take, that, that can affect you? When you go to a road game and maybe that, that whole pregame experience, mm -hmm. what are you guys out there looking at and doing? Um, there's really a few main things. You look at the field condition um, because if you plant to kick a ball and the field's a little uneven and you step just a little farther or it shifts your weight just a little bit, kicking's a game of like centimeters mm -hmm. really because um, you're, you're trying to hit a small spot on a football and if your body weight gets shifted or if your foot, plant foot slips or anything along those, hap along those lines happen, it throws off the whole punt or the whole kick. Um, so you look at the field conditions, you look at the wind, all the flags, you kind of see where the flags are going. Um, it's really fun when the flags are going all different directions. <laughs> um, but no, You're like, you, just close your eyes and yeah, kick, just, who knows? Let's just, just poke and hope on this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, you, so you look at the field, the wind, and then I have to find where the um, shot clocks are. Um, because on, on a field goal, it's, it's my job to make sure we get the ball off in time. I'm mm. the one calling for the snap. So I got to look where the clocks are. Um, and you just look at different situations like, all right, I go look at the 35-yard line where the kickoffs are, make sure those field conditions are good, make sure I know, like, all right, my game plan. The middle of the field is usually going to get chewed up because you got a bunch of O-linemen running on it, so you might have to scoot the ball over mm -hmm. or different situations like that. So you're looking at a lot of different things in warm-ups, and then you go out there and just execute. That's awesome. All right, we have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with punter Bradley Pinion, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio Network. Now more on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access with punter Bradley Pinion, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. Um, you know, in, in the break, we, we were mentioning that it is such a, a mental game for, for all of you specialists. Uh, for you, how do you feel like you handle the mental side? What are, what are the biggest challenges mentally that you approach? And then how do you handle them and how have you grown in that area since coming here? Yeah, the um, biggest challenge mentally is we kind of say it's a streak of one for specialists. Um, you get very few plays. Um, I mean, I besides the eight kickoffs I had this game, you have one punt. So if you don't execute on your one play, it's, it's a bad game for you. Whereas a defender can kind of miss a tackle or Tom can make an overthrow and it not really hugely affect the game. But if you have a bad punt and you don't give the defense good field position, it can majorly affect the game. Um, so one of the major areas I've grown since I've been here is basically like clearing your mind after that, that one punt, whether good or bad. 
Um, one of the ways I do that, I learned this from a team psychologist actually at Clemson when I was at Clemson, um, is after every single kick, whatever it might be, I go get a little cup of water on the sideline, drink the water, crush the cup, and that just kind of like me simulating like, all right, that's done with, and hmm. I throw the cup away. And it's just kind of a little mental, a mental, mental tick that I do um, to help me clear my mind. Like I said earlier, got to have the mind of a goldfish, so you got to yep. move on extremely quick. Um, and Coach Armstrong, our special teams coordinator, is really good at being, whether good or bad, coming and being like, all right, on to the next one. Yep. And that's the same, same thing with games, too. No matter if we're coming up on a Thursday night game here, um, this past game's got to be cleared already because you got 48 hours till you're leaving to go to Philly. Yeah. Um, so you got you to have a very short memory. Um, and that's something that I feel like I've grown as my career. And then just a the confidence factor. You've seen a lot of, um, I mean, it was my 101st game this past game. So you've seen a lot of different situations. So by this time in year seven, you kind of know what the situations are. Um, so nothing should really surprise you. Every now and then you get one that surprises you, but being adapt to those situations and knowing how to handle those situations is huge for a specialist because it's a mental game. Um, like I said earlier, you can be off by an inch and the punt goes shanked right out of bounds. Um, so it's the huge mental aspect. We always say kicking is like 90% mental and 10% skill. There's a lot of guys that are probably way more talented than I am. Um, but I feel like I have a little bit mentally stronger than they are, and that's, mm. that's why I'm here and they aren't. Yeah, that's interesting. And you mentioned you've now played over 100 games, mm -hmm. which is incredible. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey of how you got into punting yeah. and how from there you ended up here with the Buccaneers. So punting's in my blood, actually. <laughs> uh, my grandpa was a punter. Um, he actually played for the Dallas Cowboys for a preseason and then had, um, got drafted into the Vietnam War. So he never really got his shot. Um, but he played at App State and Wingate, and both of those in North Carolina, small colleges. Um, so he always, on, I was a huge soccer player growing up. He was always on me, you need to learn how to kick a ball. You need to learn how to kick a ball. And then one Christmas, um, it was in sixth grade, I got a football for Christmas. And I told my dad, hey, let's go to the field and like, throw the ball around. Well, we got to the field and I was like, hey, let's see what my grandpa's talking about here. Like, let's kick it. And my dad actually put the ball on his foot and the first ever kick I did of a football was a 35 yard field goal and it went like right down the middle. So my dad ran and got the ball, brought it back and said, do that again. So he put it on his foot, I kicked it. And my dad said, hold up. Like he noticed something right there. He's like, hold up, let's go get you some help with this. Um, so I started working with a local college guy, kicker, um, and before long, I was better than he was, and he was like, I can't really help you anymore, you need to find something else. And then I actually started working with Tom Feely, um, who actually lives down here in Tampa. So we would drive from North Carolina to Tampa like three wow. times a year um, to work with him. And it just kind of grew from there, and then I was really fortunate to find the best kicking coach in the world um, in Charlotte named Dan Orner. And I've been working with him since, like, really between seventh and eighth grade. Wow. And... Um, He's like a, another father figure, best friend. He was in my wedding um, and got really fortunate working with Dan. And I've been working with him for, I don't know, like 15 years now, it seems like. And uh, it's that's how it all got started. Is I won football for Christmas in sixth grade. Wow. We're talking to Hunter Bradley Pinion. And I, I want to hear what the most underappreciated or misunderstood aspects of your job are. What are the things that either you hear from people, see online, hear in commentary, all that stuff, because it is a, a job that doesn't get talked about very much. Yeah. So what you get asked to do or what it takes to do what you do, what are the things you think people don't understand? I think, especially for punting, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is 
People want to see it just go as far as it can every single time. Well, sometimes the situations don't call for that. If you're playing Tyreek Hill or Harris in New Orleans, the returners, they're really, really good returners. So if you hit a 70-yard punt and outkick your coverage, they're probably taking that back to the house. So there's, I remember a game my second year in the, in the league, it was when Tyreek Hill was returning punts. My special teams coordinator came up to me before the game and said, hey, if you average 35 yards this game, you're going to get a game ball. And I was like, perfect, 35 <laughs> yards it is. And you just literally try to put the ball out of bounds. Yeah. So people might see a shorter, shorter punt out of bounds, but it's, it's part of the game plan. Mm. I think that's one of the most common misconceptions. People don't understand that because it probably doesn't get talked about enough, yeah. but it's part of the game plans. When you have those really good returners, you're not trying to always hit the ball as far as you can. You're trying to get hang time on it, and you're trying to make it so there's no return, so that returner can't help the other team win the game. And how do you and Ryan both work with the coverage teams? How much kind of cohesion is there in that? There's a ton of cohesion, um, especially on punt, because the coverage team actually has to block to make sure you get the kick off before they run down the field. So if I don't give them enough hang time on a punt um, for them to get down there, or like I said earlier, I'll kick my coverage, they're sprinting 60 yards trying to make the tackle and a guy running back at him. Extremely hard to do. Um, so there's a ton of cohesion, and you have game plans going into it. You talk about what the returners can do. You talk about what you're going to do as a, as a unit, and you try to go out and execute that. And my job is to make their job as easy as possible. So you want to have a fast get off, fast, like, basically snap to kick. Fast snap to kick, um, a high hang time, and you want to get them. There's a rule in punting that's basically like for every 10 yards uh, the punt goes, you want to have a second of hang time. So if it's a 40-yard punt, you want to have at least four seconds of hang time. If it's a 50-yard punt, you want to have at least five seconds of hang wow. time. And that's just kind of good ratio. It kind of gives those times guys time to get down there yeah. and make the tackle or create a fair catch. Because a lot of times a fair catch may not, mean, may not just be me hitting a good punt, but it's also one of our coverage guys got down there and forced the guy to make a fair catch. You brought up the outkick in your coverage. I love when that started being used to talk about dating and that someone is, is dating out of their league. Please tell me that joke was made at your wedding or with your wife. It's I mean, how been many made times? my yeah. whole life, <laughs> my whole entire life. It is awesome because I definitely outkicked my coverage in my wife, in the wife That's category. amazing. So. I love that. I, I figured, I was like, this has to be a joke you've heard a thousand a times. A thousand times. <laughs> That one, and with my last name being Pinion, everybody thinks I'm very opinionated, which I kind of am. <laughs> um, th those two are jokes that I will hear probably till the day I die. Yep, opinionated and then suck up over there. You guys, you, oh, get, yeah. you got he, some his, struggles. I feel bad for his last name, <laughs> honestly. It's just asking for it's a whole lot of things. It's just asking for if he ever does something that's not good, that's yeah, just asking for it. Yeah, such a suck up. That's so funny. All right, well, how about some other punters? Since you did, you know, grow up kind of knowing punting was a thing, or at least something you appreciated on a family level, were there guys you grew up watching and admiring, and then are there guys now in the league that are, are like that for you? Yeah, definitely. Growing up in the Charlotte area, um, I always watched the Panthers punters um, and kickers. So you had John Casey when I was growing up. Uh, Baker was a punter. So you kind of watch those guys because they're in your area, and that's the team you're rooting for when you're growing up. In the league now, um, and I've actually got a chance to work with them a few times, one of the best punters um, Thomas Morstead, he's just really good at the whole ratio thing we were talking about earlier um, and putting the balls on the sideline because when you put a ball on the sideline, it cuts down the field because your coverage team can cut off the wide side of the field. So Thomas is one of the best understanding the angles that he needs to punt the ball at, to put it on the sideline, to get the most di distance out of putting it on the sideline and to have that hang time ratio. So he's one of the best ones to do it. And then Pat McAfee, um, the short career that he had was one of the more impressive ones um, just because he understood the same thing. That's the same thing we were talking about. It's one of those things that doesn't 
always get talked about, but being able to put that ball on the sideline and help your team cut off the field only helps your coverage team. Absolutely. And then how about watching film? We asked Ryan this question. I'd love to hear it for you. How much is it watching what other teams do? How much is it watching you? Because I think it's so different as compared to other position groups and yeah. figuring out the guy you're going against across the line from you. So what does it look like for you? For me, I mainly watch my own film, just correcting mistakes that you've made in practice or like where you could get better in technique. Um, that's where I'm mainly watching my film. Games, you watch, you go back and watch uh, past games of teams to know like, all right, if they're gonna rush hard off one side, you may not punt that direction. Majority of the time, you might punt the opposite direction, depending on the wind. But you, you'd watch a little bit of other teams, but as a specialist, I'm mainly watching myself. And you actually, kind of as a mental boost, because it's a big mental game, I have a cut up of a lot of my good punts to that you'll watch before a game. Hmm. To just kind of give you that, that self-confidence, that little boost. Like, oh, look like, at me go. <laughs> yeah, like, all right, and you know what, I can do this. I do deserve to be here. Yeah. And it, you can watch your technique on those. You'd be like, all right, I'm going to do this, this, and this, this game. Usually go into, I usually go into a game with like three keys before each kick that will help me execute that kick. I, I mainly watch myself. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Bradley. This has been amazing, and uh, good luck against the Eagles this awesome. week. Awesome. Thank you for having me. All right, and thanks to all of you guys for joining us. This has been Buccaneers Total Access with both kicker Ryan Suckup and punter Bradley Pinion, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network.